Hey everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. You're listening to the Eagle Community Church of Christ Teaching Podcast, and I'm John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here in our church. Again, uh, we are grateful each week as you tune in. We hope this uh, is something you find uh, very helpful in your walk with Christ, because today we talk about Christian unity. What does it mean to be unified with others in Christ? Does unity mean that we all have to agree on everything? A uh, little hint, no. <laughs> so uh, what we talk about this week is kind of what uh, Jesus prayed for, is that all of the believers have unity with one another and with him and God together. So again, uh, we pray that this is helpful. We thank you for listening. Come see us sometime. See you later. Thank you, Francisco, for your words around the communion this morning. Uh, it has been a, a, a tough couple of weeks, a very busy couple of weeks. We, uh, we've had parents in the last two weekends. Uh, this weekend was Evan's final soccer game for the season. So this was our first kind of dive into uh, any kind of organized sport, uh, if you can call it organized. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I got to thinking, uh, Barbers Hill needs a volunteer somewhere. Uh, we, we had, uh, we had, if you wore a home jersey and an away jersey, each one of those had a different number. So, you know, m- mom and dad of number 34 and number eight, not two people, same person. So uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, this week, actually, Katie's grandparents celebrated 61 years of marriage. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I have known them longer than I knew my own grandparents. And so it's kind of, you know, I, I'm a part of that family now, whether they want me to be or not. I gave her, uh, her, her nana, her grandmother, a hard time for the longest because as we took, you know, we, we get, they have a huge family. I, I told you guys before, mine's very small. Uh, they have a huge family. But I, I noticed when I, when I first started, you know, in the family that every time we had like a group photo, John was the guy on the end. And I started catching on. I said, Nana, you're trying to, to keep me there in case you need to crop me out, aren't you? And uh, she, she thought that was hilarious. But then there was also that look like, yeah, you got me? <laughs> and finally, a few years in, she said, I think, I think you can be in the middle now. I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll be with that. But, uh, you know, just to think about a, a life that was, uh, uh, that you've been together with someone for 61 years. Isn't that amazing? Um, I've been kind of reflecting on that. I want to start with our, our scripture reading, and we'll, we'll kind of come back to this in just, uh, just a second. The scripture reading is from Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Again, Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as a member of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father 
through him. Now, when I think about 61 years of marriage, I think about how does somebody get through that? One of the main things I do when I do premarital counseling, which, uh, you know, well, to be married, and you, you ask me, I'm going to strongly encourage you to go through premarital counseling because of the uh, the great difference that, or the great misunderstanding that people can have in their mind as far as this is what I think marriage is versus here's what marriage is. How many of you, if you think back now, had, you know, just kind of a, a rose-colored glasses view of marriage, right? We'll always feel this exact same way, right? This new, this, this brand-new relationship feeling. And then you get married, and I've told you guys before, you know, Katie at first, so we got married in August, you know, deer season comes around in, in October, you know, and she starts calling herself a deer widow. She has been widowed because I'm out deer hunting. So I felt really bad, and so I started staying home. And by the end of deer season, she said, aren't you going to hunt some more? <laughs> it can happen that fast. Well, you think about all the way, those of you who've been married a long time, been in long-term relationships, all the give and the take, all the love that has to show through because newsflash, you're not going to agree with your partner all the time. Anybody want to amen that real quick and get, get themselves in trouble? But sometimes we, we go into marriage thinking this will be all perfect. We love each other. We'll do whatever. The flowers will never quit coming, Right? I just, I just stepped on my own toes right there. I got, I got to step up, uh, you guys. So, uh, I mean, we, we just have this idea, but you think about uh, a long-term marriage and the way that you have to sacrifice and put someone else's feelings before your own uh, and, and to be able to continue that, right? Because if you don't, if you don't give, if you don't work, if you don't love, that thing falls apart, right? Irreconcilable differences. We don't know how to fix this. It is done. Right. I want you to think about that in terms of what we just read in Colossians 3. As Paul looks at this group of people, of church people, and says, you need to have this same relationship within the body of Christ. Does anybody know that we have to do that in here, that that's what we're called to do? Now, that can be very difficult uh, because depending on your level of investment in the church. You can tell real quickly how, how much someone is invested when something goes a little bit off and they're gone. Now, what if we treated our marriages like that? Is anybody getting the 61 years? The first time that you have a, a disagreement about something, we all just give up and leave, no? Paul said you come together, you love one another. Do you see that word in there, unity? Unity. Francisco, I may, I may pay you to stay for the second service just to, I mean, right on theme. Paul has picked out some perfect uh, songs this morning to talk about bringing us together in love and <clears throat> unity. But often, we are much more connected to our physical family than our church family. Have you noticed that? So I grew up, uh, again, Katie grew up in this massive family. Uh, I grew up, my, uh, my dad has a brother. He had moved to uh, Tampa, Florida uh, when I was young. And so that was his only family that was still around uh, at around 1990 or so, 92. And then 
Um, my, uh, everyone on my dad's side was gone. They were moved off. And then my mom, she's from Tennessee. And so any family we had was way off and way, you know, we didn't have them close. And so our family were two sets of people, our neighbors close to us across the pasture or those people we saw Sundays and Wednesdays throughout my whole childhood that we were going to be at church and we were going to worship together. And so for me, it may be a little different because, you know, as I looked around, everyone had these huge families, everyone related to everyone, and I wasn't. I had four other people that I was related to. And so for me, growing up, it was very important for us to build those relationships within church because I didn't have all these other people trying to get that attention, trying to take that time from me. And so I wanted to to really invest in that. But for a lot of us, I think it's easy to let all the other things kind of grab us to where church is one of those things that I can either take it or leave it. And... I want you to think about our families. Think about the family that you have. Some of us have some crazy folks, don't we? Anybody want, don't point, that's all I ask. You, you nod your head, just don't point. I want you to think about the way we fight for those people. Don't talk about my family, right? You know, I can, but you cannot. And so we fight and we scratch and we claw and we work for this relationship. And yet we sit around the Thanksgiving table with Uncle Bob, who acts like a crackhead half the time. But you know, we look at that and we work for that relationship. But when something goes wrong at church, we're out. And so we work and we fight for the people that we have the same blood in our veins as they do. But Jesus Christ comes and dies and sheds his blood for each of us. And we don't put nearly as much emphasis or care into that blood as we do the physical blood running through our our veins right now. Anyone else find that to be true? I think as we, I told you guys, when I moved here, just thinking about all of the possibility, all the things that were going on, uh, Francisco and Brooke took us around when we visited and preached at Lakewood the first time and, and talked about the growth that was going to happen. And for me, that was a positive thing because you, you kind of get to sit back and you, you kind of get to think, what will this look like in this community? What will, how will our church be able to impact this place, this new place? And that is exciting to me that we can sit back and we can think about that but, but the first thing we have to do is we have to lay a foundation of faith and love right here in this room. Because if all we are is just a collection of individuals who can, eh, I can take them or I can leave them, we're not going to do much in here. We're not going to be able to impact this community the way we should be able to if we just come in and we don't really care. And so what we see oftentimes is we will meet and I will see the same faces, but we don't grow that deep relationship as Francisco uh, said just a few minutes ago. We don't take the time to come in and to, to spend the time. What I love about Francisco is if you tell him, hey, we ought to have dinner sometime, he's not gonna let you off with a, hey, that sounds great, let's do it. He's gonna pull out his phone. He's gonna say, what day? Let's put it down right now. 
And I, I'm wired the same way as far as a calendar because if it's not on my calendar, it does not exist in real life. And so Francisco and I have been able to have dinner because he said, what day? Let's do it. Because you have two people saying they are devoted to Jesus. If you're devoted to Jesus, I need to be devoted to everyone right here who also says they love and will follow Jesus. We need to take, we need to take that as seriously as we do the people we sit around the Thanksgiving table with. One of the things... Uh, most important things is Jesus uh, prayed here in John 17, verses 20 through 23. Jesus praying to God here, he says, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about his disciples who are with him. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Who's that talking about, church? Talking about all of us. I pray also, Jesus is praying for you right here. He said that all of them may be what? One. Now, do you think for a second that Jesus meant, uh, God, I pray that every one of them agrees on every single thing that happens, just like in marriage, right? If, if everyone agrees in the marriage all the time, somebody's lying, right? No, I, I pray that they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You notice that. Jesus is praying, may they be one in us, not just so that sounds good, but we need to be unified in who Jesus is and what we believe about Jesus and how we love other people so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Because what you do in this place with these people, how you love matters. Jesus' prayer for unity is all about how do we show that we have faith in Jesus, that we really believe what we say we believe. And it's how I act. It's how I love. Not just in the good times. It's easy to love someone when everything's going great, right? But how about when the rocky times come? Uh, they're, they're, we have sayings for all kinds of people. You don't know someone's true identity until something goes wrong in their life, and then you see how they react, right? Because everyone can be pretty pleasant when everything's going right. But how are you when you're not? Well, if your foundation is on, is on some kind of sandy soil that is easily washed away, you're not here. But if your foundation is found in Jesus Christ, you stand firm not just because I'm blood-related to anyone, but because I am related by his blood to everyone. It was interesting for me as I found my biological family and met the actual people that I would be blood relations with. And it was the best way I can describe it. It's like, uh, any of you have big families, have like big family reunions or have had in the past? Anyone ever, you know, had someone say, hey, that's your cousin, and you have no relationship with them, and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's kind of the same way of me meeting my biological family. It's like we don't, we don't have anything. There's no memories to go back. There's no nostalgia. It's just, oh, hey, you're related to these people. But then we quickly form this kind of bond as you see you know, similarities in personality. You see uh, similarities in, in body shape. 
Uh, I, I've got my, my mother and my sister's nose. And that's interesting. That's neat, right? Because for 27 years or so, I didn't know that I had their nose. But after meeting them, you form that bond. How much more so should we form a bond and love one another because of what Jesus did for us and the way that God showed his love for each and every one of us. So let's not ever be quick to just discount, to cancel, to remove those people who love Jesus in our life. I have seen, I grew up, I've shared some stories of, of churches I've been a part of and the craziness. I have seen people walk away for the craziest of things. Look, look at what, uh, we'll finish this real quick. Uh, Jesus finishes this by saying, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be, again, one as we are one. I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete, what's that word again? Unity. Because of we are in Christ, right? Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's not love for love's sake, it's love to show God's love for us, right? But, but look at what uh, Paul tells Titus here about, about division in the church. He says, warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. So what we see here is Paul warns Titus, is there are some people who do not care about unity. Some people only care about division. You ever, you ever known someone that if there was no drama happening, they made up some so they could feel, I don't know, warm and fuzzy? I don't know. I'm not that personality, so I don't understand how that works. But some people seem to, to kind of relish, hey, uh, there's something on, did you hear? You start out that sentence, most of the time it's not, not real positive, right? Unless you check your bulletin for all those uh, uh, who, who's, uh, who's coming due here. Did you hear? Yes, yeah, in their church bulletin. But some people live in this world not showing a love for their brothers and sisters, but kind of living for the drama that ensues, the way I can rile up people, the way that I can push people apart and kind of keep the stuff going. And Paul has some strong words here. And we in the church may not even, you may not have ever even seen this done. Because we see this and we kind of take, take a step back and like, really, church people can talk to other people like this or can treat people like this? Yeah. Because what does love show? It shows how much God loved us, right? So what do you think division shows? What do you think our, our running to the, the drama, our, our running away from each other, not caring about each other, if love and unity shows love for God and the way he loved us, what in the world do you think division shows? Is that what we want the world to know about us? We're quick to divide. We're quick to go our separate ways. We're quick to argue and fight. Mm -mm. We need to be a people showing God's love for us. And so this morning, I pray that that is all of us in here and that we have a commitment not only to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but a commitment to every face 
that you see right now. Maybe it would help you as we sing an invitation song in just a second to look around. Don't just focus up here. You can look around. It's fine. No rules against it. Look around and notice the people in this room. Maybe you say a little prayer. God, open my heart. I've been so inwardly focused. I've been only focused on my blood family that I haven't given much thought to the people in this room who also say they love you, who connect us to you, that we are connected together by you. If you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, start that right now. Begin that walk with him. And as much as I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying this morning, I want you to know, and we know this, we will not be perfect, will we? There will be times that I will overlook your needs or you'll overlook mine and we'll be offended. And the test at that point will, will be to see, can we love each other through it? Can we forgive as we read in Colossians 3? Can I love you enough to say, yeah. Yeah, I was offended at that, but I love you because God loved me. And so that's my prayer this morning, that we be a church that as this community grows, as um, so many other people come into this place, that they find a people whose foundation, whose strength comes from the Lord. Not from something that's fleeting, not from something that changes, not from something that uh, will alter at a marriage or whatever else. But that we love Jesus Christ. So, if you have any needs this morning, we're going to offer a, a song of invitation. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, we'd love to praise God with you, uh, but would you come as we stand and sing?